Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Available on Amazon.com, Walmart.com, and at Hero.co. That's H-E-R-O C-O. Delicious, ultra-low net-carb Hero Bread buns and tortillas. Soft and fluffy, high in fiber, and with zero grams of sugar. Up to 10 grams of protein, coming in at under 100 calories. Order today at Hero.co and use the code AH10 to get 10% off your first purchase. That's AH10 at Hero.co. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Bowie was always, from a young child, he was fascinated by all things America. Bowie was the fly in the milk. He became almost like a mysterious kind of film noir sort of character. Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane um, made him massive in, in this country, but he was still really a very underground cult star in America. It's been like the, um, the holy grail of Bowie fans for many, many years now. He was kind of kept a mystery and he was hardly ever on TV. And then he went off to America and did all this amazing, amazing Diamond Dogs tour and everything that we actually never saw. <laughs> Mark Waldell, welcome. I mean, what an amazing book. The Fly in the Milk, David Bowie, Cracked Actor. How did it come about, first of all? Thank you. It came about because um, I'd always been obsessed with this film, uh, and it's been hailed by many people as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, rock documentary of all time. 
And um, I've always been astonished that, you know, there have been hundreds of books about Bowie. There have been books about his films, his acting. There's never been a critical, a standalone critical study uh, about this film, um, which I've been obsessed with since I watched it as a 17 year old in 1975. And it completely blew me away. Um, a few years ago, uh, a US writer called Susan Compo, a very, very well-respected US academic writer. She's written lots of biographies of actors um, <clears throat> and things like that. Wrote um, a book called Earthbound, which was a critical study about the man who fell to earth, the David Bowie movie from 1975. Um, and Susan had heard about me somehow. She's based in LA, but she'd heard about me because uh, of the Bowie masks that I'd done for the V&A and because David Bowie had bought some, there'd been a bit of press about it. And she approached me to contribute a piece to her book um, and some photographs and images as well, which I was delighted to do. And I actually wrote a piece about uh, my first time of watching Cracked Actor because it's all tied in with The Man Who Fell to Earth because um, Bowie, only got the part in The Man Who Fell to Earth because Nick Rogue was shown a print of Cracked Actor. And he said, that's my alien. You know, he doesn't need to do anything else. He looks, you know, I mean, he looks like he's from another planet. So, um, so uh, I contributed to Susan's book and I got on very well with her and we continued to um, communicate by email as friends. And one day we were chatting and Susan told me that she was, um, trying to figure out a new idea, uh, another idea for, um, for a book or, some, or a book project or a writing project. And I, um, I suggested that we collaborate on um, a book about Cracked Actor. Uh, uh, and Susan was into the idea. She was very, um, yeah, she thought it was a great idea because it's almost a prequel to her book and a prequel to the, um, Manifold to Earth movie. So we, uh, that's how we started writing it. So how did you then, and also talk about her approach, but how did you both then approach doing this? Because um, the documentary is obviously out there, but you mm. also went deeper than that, didn't you? Yes, I'm lucky enough to have been in contact with several of the people who worked with Bowie at the time and who were involved at that period. And um, so I approached uh, people like Tony Zanetta, the amazing guy who, who was on those tours with Bowie and kind of acted as his, um, as his uh, road manager almost on there and knew, knew all about it, did interviews with him. And um, obviously, naturally, I wanted to speak to Alan Yentob who made the uh, documentary. And so I, um, I approached Dylan Jones, the, ju the uh, journalist and um, uh, fashion editor, uh, who I knew through Instagram um, as a Bowie fan. And he also liked my Bowie work. And I explained to him that I was working on this book uh, about Cracked Actor, which was going to be featuring, um, it was going to be featuring a lot of my artworks and everything. And I would like to speak to Alan Yentob. Um, and Dylan kindly put me in touch with Alan and Alan came back and uh, said that he'd be happy to help, which was amazing, really, because, you know, I kind of 
hadn't really thought that uh, that that would actually happen. So um, Alan came back and said that he would be happy to help. So we set Susan came over from L.A. and we had lunch with Alan Yentop. He took us to a very nice lunch at the Woolsey, which is a, a very nice restaurant in, in the West End. And we had a very nice lunch and spoke to him about Cracked Actor um, and got quotes and information from him. Um, and I also interviewed his, Alan didn't remember, there was certain things he couldn't really remember about it. I mean, because it was a long time ago and he's done really a lot of, you know, everyone remembers him for Cracked Actor, but he's done a lot of things since then. So his memory was a bit shaky on a lot of stuff. So I interviewed um, um, Carol Bell, who was his assistant on Cracked Actor. Very nice lady. She now lives in Los Angeles. And I did a very long interview with her and she had like a photographic memory of absolutely everything that happened. Um, so I got a lot of detail from her. And the other source was, I went to um, Susan, my co-writer contacted BBC Archives in Cavisham Park. Um, and they had the original 1975 production file of Cracked Actor, which had, uh, had transcripts of everything that was filmed. Because the thing with Cracked Actor is a lot of material was filmed for the, uh, for the program and only a fraction of it really got used. They filmed the entire concert from three or four different camera positions. They filmed many interviews with Bowie that didn't make it onto the, into the, into the uh, film uh, and with other people. And so there were transcripts of all of this stuff that they'd filmed um, all of the goings on backstage and all of that sort of stuff, letters um, between the Universal Amphitheatre and Yentob about union matters uh, and all kinds of stuff like that. So I was just, I went down to Cavisham Park and, I, and they handed me this file which looked like it hadn't been opened since 1975 and spent a couple of hours just going through all this incredible information about Cracked Actor. Um, which a lot of it we utilised in the book. Um, and the other great thing is we should have been liable to pay, you know, the BBC quite a lot of money to use this. And uh, Alan Yentop kindly pulled some strings for us and the BBC gave us carte blanche to, to use all this information. So there is a lot of information in our book um, about this uh, film that, that no one and a lot of transcripts of interviews with Bowie and others that have never been published or heard. What, okay, well, let's, let's talk about that. What specifically for you was a surprising or eye-opening, you know, thing that you've actually discovered and, and found? Well, there were a lot of eye-opening things, really. Um, I'm not sure that one particular thing stands out. I mean, there, 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 are, there, are, there are sequences that never made it, for instance, of Bowie in a screening room with David Putnam watching a rough cut of the documentary James Dean, First American Teenager, which came out in 75 at the same year as Cracked Actor, and talking Bowie talking about James Dean and a story that he tells, and it's patently not true, but it's amusing uh, and it's all transcribed, where he claims that he used to know the Cray Twins and visit them in prison. Um, which is absolutely 
I think it was cocaine. Uh, you know, I think it was a cocaine bit of cocaine stick he was going into because it's absolutely not true at all. So there's things like that that were really funny. Um, there's things like a, there's a there's a there's a sequence documented where in the concerts for Crack Actor and Rock and Roll with Me, he wears this beautiful red Shakespearean cape cloak, and on the and during the last concerts on the tour. He actually gives the cloak away to this girl in the audience. And uh, the transcript notes that she tries to give it back, but Bowie lets her keep it. So um, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of amazing uh, stories. Um, Bowie coming out of his dressing room and asking for the lyrics to one of his songs. Um, and he kneels down on the floor going through his lyrics and stands up and he and the backing singers all start singing one of the songs as he goes back into the dressing room. Just fascinating snapshots of behind the scenes um, stuff because we in Britain never got to see this tour and we hardly ever got to see David Bowie on TV at all because, uh, you know, he, he was kind of kept a mystery and he was hardly ever on TV. And then he went off to America and did all this amazing, amazing Diamond Dogs tour and everything that we actually never saw. Um, so this whole period was a kind of mystery. And this file was kind of opening the opening Pandora's box, or not Pandora's box, opening a sort of treasure box of, of um, tantalizing clues to a lot of this mysterious stuff. The other thing is that all the extra footage that was filmed has since either been junked by the BBC, lost, or is, as keeps being rumoured, in um, private collections of people who've got hold of it illegally somehow and holding on to it. So it's been like the, um, the holy grail of Bowie fans for many, many years now that this footage should turn up. So having these transcripts and, and descriptions of everything that was filmed um, is kind of, if it never shows up, this is the closest anyone's ever going to get to know, to, to actually have an idea of what, what was filmed and what they could have seen or heard. Why, why was this period of Bowie so important? I mean, the documentary really, you know, you mentioned the word snapshot, and in a sense, this was a snapshot of David Bowie during a specific period. Why was that period so important to Bowie? He and his management, uh, their goal was to break America because obviously that was uh, where the money was. You know, he was massive. You know, Ziggy Stardust and Lad Insane um, made him massive in, in this country, but he was still really a very underground cult star in America. The press, in the press over there, he was like a massive star because they were very good at uh, Main Man, his, his management company were extremely good at um, publicity, but record sales were kind of, you know, in, in New York, perhaps in LA, but for the rest of America, you know, Cleveland, I think was a strong city, but for the rest of America, his record sales were not very good. So part of the strategy was to break America. And we in this country had um, really, my generation had got onto Bowie from the Ziggy Stardust day of 1972 and 73 where he looked like Ziggy Stardust and he looked like Aladdin Sane and back in those days um 
pop stars or rock stars, once they hit on a successful image, they didn't change. They kept it throughout their entire career. So when Bowie went to America in 74, he completely changed, completely changed his image. Um, he got rid of all of the kind of drag, outrageous, unisex sort of clothes, was wearing sort of quite masculine tailoring and suits. He changed his hair, he got rid of the spiky hairstyle, he toned down the makeup and everything, and he became kind of almost like, um, he became almost like a mysterious kind of film noir sort of character. And it was very, it was very fascinating to watch that, to read about it in the press here and to watch it in Cracked Actor because it was just such a complete change. He kind of became darker. It was less frothy, it was less poppy and glamorous. It was a bit more, it was a bit darker, a bit more dangerous. It was, the whole thing was a bit more noir. It was like a noir movie-ish sort of, had a noir movie-ish sort of vibe. I mean, there's a wonderful quote, which is from Mark Armand in 2020, Cracked Actor, is an important film about a developing and flawed artist on his way to becoming stratospheric and arguably the most important artist of our time, which I think sort of sums up that, that real moment in time that he was going through. Now, in, in the film, um, in the, the documentary of the time, there's one of the interviews with Bowie really explains the title, The Fly in the Milk. And then he says, there's a fly floating in my milk and it's like a foreign body and I couldn't help but soak it up. Mm. What does Absolutely. that mean to you? Well, I mean, what he meant was that he was soaking up American culture and he was relating it to this supposed fly that was floating in, in his milk. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Subsequently, somebody pointed out, and I, I didn't get this at the time, but somebody said it also, and the way Bowie works, it could have been a sly kind of allude to there's a fly in my soup because he liked to do that. He liked to drop those kind of cultural sort of uh, markers into things, whatever. Um, but yeah, what he, what ostensibly in, in the documentary, what he meant was, excuse me, he was soaking up American culture, which he actually was. <clears throat> because he was on this tour performing his uh, back catalogue of music from the Aladdin Sane days and the Diamond Dogs uh, album, which was kind of glam, doom-laden glam rock. And he got to America and he's driving. Bowie always had, I mean, we go into this in the book. Bowie was always, from a young child, 
he was fascinated by all things America, as we all were back then. You know, America, as he says, was a mythland. I mean, I remember in the 70s, we adored American cop series on TV. I always adored America, big American cars, all of that. Bowie was the same. So he gets to America, he's driving around in Cadillacs and wearing fedoras and, and uh, he's listening to soul music um, on the radio. And he'd always, he'd always been very a big R&B fan. I mean, he'd, he'd been into um, Little Richard when he was 10 years old. He wanted to be Little Richard sax player. So he had a knowledge of R&B, which was reignited um, when he went to America. So he's soaking up all the R&B stuff. He's driving around in big American cars and uh, he's living in New York. He's living in Los Angeles. And he was basically um, soaking up America. Like he was the fly. He was the fly. Our book is, it, we, we, we're actually relating it to Bowie was the fly in the milk, so to speak. And of course that, that's become the catchphrase of of the uh, film. And Yentop say, has said many times that the first time he ever met Kate Moss, the first words she said to him were, there's a fly in my milk. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Frigo Crumbled Blue Cheese, Kellogg's Club Crackers, Coca-Cola, All Liquid Detergent, or Utz Chips, and earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. When you first watched this documentary, Cracked Actor, back when you were a lot younger, mm. was Bowie your milk and you were a fly in his milk? I was, I I discovered Bowie uh, in 72 as Ziggy Stardust and read everything I could about him. And uh, as uh, an a pretty alienated teenager, I mean, I've gone over this in your other podcasts about my troubled childhood with my mum dying and uh, moving around a lot, no dad, and realising I was gay and everything. I kind of completely related to, when he came out and said he was gay, uh, this incredibly cool, incredibly amazing looking person said that he was gay. Um, there was, you know, at that time, there were no role models. You know, we didn't want to be like John Inman or Larry Grayson or anyone like that. And suddenly there was someone you thought, this is the person that, you know, I would really can relate to. And I want to be like this person. And he also, Bowie also espoused at that time, uh, the idea that you could reinvent yourself as anyone you want. And I just bought the entire thing and soaked up. I learned everything really about culture from Bowie because he would name check stuff in uh, document, not documentaries, in his, in his interviews. He would name check film directors, music artists. I first heard of Warhol, The Velvet Underground, William Burroughs, Jean Genet, Iggy Pop, all of this stuff, which I wasn't being taught at school, you know. I didn't care about tin mining in, in Nova Scotia or whatever they were trying to teach you at school. I wanted to hear about, you know, uh, all this cool stuff that Bowie was um, 
teaching us about. So I soaked it all up. I mean, I really did and continue to do so. And um, uh, and always have. I mean, I think Bowie, if he hadn't been an amazing, enormous um, influence on the music scene, I think he would have made a great teacher. And I think he's even said that himself in some of his interviews because he really got a buzz from imparting knowledge to other people. You know, and when he wrote me, he famously wrote me a letter in 79 and it was basically recommending books I should read, you know, because he wanted to, to turn me on to these particular books that he was interested in at the time. Amazing person. I mean, and for a star of that stature to write from Berlin, a handwritten letter to a fan, um, you know, from a star at the height of his fame um, to recommend some books and thank, thank me for a picture that I had sent to him. I just, uh, I, I, well, I'm still astonished by it actually, you know, and uh, I think Cracked Actor is, I learnt a lot about uh, style and how to kind of present yourself and everything from that as, as have a lot of fashion designers because nearly every season you'll see garments on a catwalk that you can say oh that I can I've seen that's a Bowie-esque look uh, obviously a lot of them oh, quite often they they refer, refer, reference uh, more the Ziggy Stardust period but a lot of the more high-end designers frequently reference his thin white duke or cracked actor period you know with the padded shouldered jackets and the uh, fedora hats and all of that sort of thing. So Cracked Actor ha has had a massive influence on fashion and on music. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm friendly and have been friendly with a lot of people who made it as big pop stars in the eighties. Every single pop star or per person in a band that I knew who, all, who were all massive in the eighties were all influenced by Bowie, all influenced by Ziggy Stardust, and, and mostly all influenced by Cracked Actor too. I think one of the fascinating things that I find about you is uh, this central figure in your life, Bowie, and, um, and how your work has really, uh, in a sense, revolved um, around him. When Susan approached you, you said, you said she'd seen or was interested in a piece of work, I think the mask, the V&A stuff that you'd, that, uh, you'd done. Um, how did that develop into bringing other pieces of your art into this book? And how did you choose what you wanted to use? The problem with Cracked Actor is that apart from what was filmed, and most of the footage is missing, except what's in the actual documentary that we can watch, there was very, very little behind the scenes material. There's a few Terry O'Neill shots that we that we managed to secure for the book which have never been published of Bowie having the, the mask made um, but apart from that there was very very little visual material relating to it apart from the actual film itself and as I'd always been it had always been an influence on my work and over the years I'd done a lot in fact the artwork that I sent to Bowie in 78 which led him to write to me were it was, a, it was a collage of cracked actor artworks that I'd um, actually made at art school in, in the 70s, uh, interspersed with some quotes from on the Jack Kerouac on the road, because I'd, I'd heard that he um, was a fan of Kerouac. So I'd always been using cracked actor imagery in my artwork. So the natural stage was, as 
we decided we wanted to make the book very visual um, because obviously Bowie was such a visual artist. It stood to uh, reason that, that um, as there was very little photographic material, we'd use what photographic material we could get and the rest of the images would be made up of my um, artworks. So um, that's how that sort of came, around, came about. I mean, one of the most um, amazing quotes in Correct Actor as well is this, I'm just a space cadet, he's the commander. He's the commander. That's, um, a, that's a, a girl, now, now a woman obviously, called Hannah Lulu, who um, she was obviously a massive Bowie fan that went to that concert and was filmed. Uh, and she's become, I mean, that's one of the catchphrases, um, one of the major catchphrases uh, from the film as well. Um, I've recently been put in touch with um, Hannah Lulu because she was involved with um, a big uh, World Bowie convention they did in New York last year. And um, they've approached me about being involved with next year's, which is going to be in Liverpool. Um, I'm kind of art directing a lot of stuff for it. I'm going to be presenting a cracked actor kind of evening and talking about the book and the film and everything. So I've been communicating with Hannah Lulu and she's absolutely fantastic. She's still very kind of camp and very sort of, uh, she's still a space cadet basically, you know, and uh, she's absolutely great. And she's coming over to present, she's going to be hosting the Liverpool Bowie convention. So um, that's going to be a blast. Um, and uh, she's just great, yeah. And she she is aware that she's kind of famous throughout the world. It's very strange. I said to her, look, you're someone I've has been in my consciousness since 1975. And so, so strange now to be in contact with this person, you know. If, he, if someone had told me in 1975 when I was watching Cracked Actor, You'll be writing a book about it. You'll be in constant contact with Alan Yentob, who will be helping you. And he has. He's been an amazing help. Um, you'll be speaking to the space cadet. You'll be you'll be speaking to a lot of the people that were involved in, in, in that. I would I would have probably keeled over and died of shock. You know, I wouldn't have believed it. It's quite amazing. So this book really has been um, it's been a labor of, uh, of love and obsession, you know, um, and I just, you know, I just gave up waiting for someone else to do it. You know, it just wasn't happening. So we decided to do it ourselves. I mean, there's something you mentioned earlier about that period in the early 70s when Bowie came along and the people that we as gay teenagers at that point had as uh, identification figures that we didn't want, the sort of John Inman's, the camp comedians of Britain. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and in this, and I found that fascinating, that there's this um, Barney's Beanery, and it says emblazoned yes. on the shirt's back was a replica of its notoriously offensive and primitively spelled bar sign, faggots, Faggot. stay Keep out. out. Yeah, get out. Amazing, isn't it? Well, and the amazing thing is that uh, there's a guy seen in Cracked Actor, the guy with the long blonde hair who looks like a member of the Eagles or something, is wearing a Barney's Barney's Beanery T-shirt. Now you couldn't really in 1974 on that tour, you couldn't really be in more of a gay environment because most of the characters were uh, you know, the main man characters. They were mostly all gay, you know. And Bowie himself was bisexual, although he later said it, he wasn't, but he he plainly was because 
I, I've spoken to a lot of a lot of guys who actually slept with him, and I, you know, people that that knew him really well. And um, so that guy, I don't know. I we assume that he is wearing it as a kind of ironic sort of thing. Uh, I would imagine because he wouldn't have been able to get away with wearing that as a serious statement in that environment because he would have been drummed out. You know, uh, he would have been kicked off. So he must have been doing it ironically. But uh, it, yeah, it's quite amazing. I didn't even know about that because obviously you don't see the back of his T-shirt. Um, Susan knew all about this because she was obviously she. Susan went to these concerts uh, in at the time in '74. She was at the concert that was filmed for Cracked Actor, and she obviously knew Barney's Beanery and she knew all about this faggots keep out or stay out or whatever it, whatever it, exactly it was. And it was Susan that told me about that. So uh, that was interesting new information. I mean, you mentioned that Bowie being an artistic phenomenon, you know, a musical phenomenon that he's influenced so many artists and also so many genres of, of, of music that he's influenced uh, fashion. Do you think he's had an enormous impact, a social impact on society and really effectively made a change probably in how we view sexuality is one but how do you feel uh, his impact what has his impact been i think his impact was greater back in the 70s when he came out and firstly said he was gay and then kind of retracted it to bisexual uh, that made a very big impact then and you could see it suddenly it almost became fashionable to be say you were bisexual in the 70s even if you weren't you know uh, so i think it had a big impact then obviously helped by his wife angie who was very into that whole uh promoting this whole free sexuality kind of thing i think in his later years bowie kind of really unfortunately he kind of went back on it all and denied that he was bisexual and he kind of recreated himself as a as the perfect heterosexual family man and kind of didn't really uh, you know he didn't i think he kind of it sort of lost all that whether it was post-aids or what i don't know but i think i think the effect was really in the 70s uh and i think it, it was kind of I think the effect's been lost now. And a lot of the fans, it's amazing, and a lot of the young fans, they don't like hearing any kind of gay stuff or bisexual stuff about David Bowie. It's kind of, they really don't like it now. And there's this kind of trend, and it happened with the Queen biopic with Freddie Mercury, where they try to whitewash all of this. You know, in the biopic, it was almost like, oh, he wasn't really gay. He was in love with Mary, and he just got in with the wrong people, you know, and that's outrageous. You know, Freddie Mercury was one of the gayest men. And I, I used to see, I, I didn't know him well, but I mean, I used to frequent a lot of clubs where he was there. He was an outrageously gay man, you know. Um, so there's this awful sort of trend now to try and kind of retract and whitewash all of this. Like, oh, well, it was just that time. And it, they weren't really like this. And I think there's quite a bit of that goes on with Bowie as well. You know, as a sort of final statement, in terms of, all the work you've done on this book and all the research you had to do, what can you say you've taken away which will now feed into your future work? I sort of saw this book as being almost like 
a catharsis to get rid of all this, to get it off my chest. For this obsession that I've carried since 1975, I sort of thought, I'll put it all into this book. I'll say as much as I can about it. I'll put it out there and that'll be the end of it. But I don't really know now, now that now the book's actually here and everything, and I'm gonna be um, involved in this World Bowie Conference uh, next year, in next July in Liverpool, I'm kind of right back into it all again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought this was going to be. I don't think you ever get over David Bowie, and I don't think I'll probably ever get over Cracked Actor. Brilliant, Mark Waddell. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Pleasure. Up there is an interview I recommend. Down there is where you can find all the podcast interviews, and here is where you can connect. Not all bread is created equal. And if you like your soft, fluffy, moist, and delicious, then Hero Bread and Buns should be your first choice. But Hero Bread isn't just about taste and texture. It's high in fiber with ultra-low net carbs with zero grams of sugar. Order today at Hero.co and use the code AH10 to get 10% off your first purchase. That's AH10 at Hero.co, H-E-R-O dot C-O, for 10% off your first purchase. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.